Welcome to the Challenging the Way We Age podcast, hosted by the Mavericks of Senior Living, Francis and Catherine, focusing on creativity, ingenuity, and inspiration to educate and inspire changes in the senior experience, breaking the status quo. We want to thank our supporters, Assured Assisted Living, Serenity App, Sevens Home Care, and Sevens Residential Memory Care. Now get ready for the next episode. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome. We are have such an honor and a privilege to welcome Thornton Councilwoman Jessica Sangren. She is here to talk about some challenges that she's seeing for not just seniors, but also transportation. And so Jessica, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about yourself, some of the projects you've begun to work on, and what are what is something you want to challenge today? So I'm actually a middle school teacher by trade. Um, I spent about 12 years in the classroom and um, got into local government through some different means, uh, mostly through education frustration. Okay. Um, when I got on to the city council, obviously we don't really have anything to do with education policy, mm-hmm. um, but I was very interested in transportation, mm-hmm. um, just given the number of challenges we have on this north end of town, um, busing, there's just so many cars on the highway, we don't have the transportation resources that they have in Denver or Boulder. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I joined um, several boards. So Dr. Cog, which is our regional council of governments that okay. oversees sort of the funding in this regional metro area for all transportation as well as aging. And then also Smart Commute, which is a workforce transportation nonprofit that works on workforce gaps. Hmm. Um, our, we have an E470 board, so dealing with all of E470. And then also State Highway 7 Coalition. And so Highway 7 from basically Brighton to Boulder, they also have transportation challenges. And so I've spent really now the last year and a half um, working on those issues and, you know, different ways of looking at how can we address these. But senior transportation really started coming up in um, conversations that I had at our ward meetings. Mm -hmm. Mostly the retired and senior citizens come to those ward meetings. They're the most engaged in the population. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) Listening to them and what they were dealing with trying to get to a doctor's appointment, a grocery store, um, just across town in general, made me really think about, yeah, this is a whole different problem that I haven't even thought about. Um, but then when I think of my grandparents, my mother-in-law, um, and where we're going, I wonder how are we really going to address this, not just with a car or a vehicle transportation, right. but mobility in general Interesting. in okay. the whole city. So it sounds like, do we have, is there, let me ask this question, is there anything in transportation that isn't a challenge? No. No. Okay. <laughs> That's a good question. Okay. <laughs> so it sounds like you're really taking on, a, I think, a great initiative that is going to affect not only seniors, but it sounds like all of us. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's not just a subset of one group that's dealing with challenges. Mm -hmm. Really, when you address one of those areas, all of them can be addressed. And so the only thing that changes is workforce population. We're getting the end line up here. That'll be open next year and available. That's great if you live here and work in Denver, Uh, but it's not great if you live here and need to get around our city. Um, So it's really not addressing anyone else except for the workforce population. Hmm. And it's great that we'll have that because it will keep people off of I-25, but it doesn't really help us in our own city. And to be clear, the end line is the light rail. The commuter rail. 
And so part of what you're struggling with is that last mile component, right? Yep. So it gets you to 124, and then, and then there you are. Mm -hmm. So you call a lift, you get on a bike, if you can. If you can. If you're a senior citizen, there are no alternatives at the moment, or are there? So we do have a good partnership with our county, and they actually were just given um, a grant for funding for the A-Lift, which is another resource that we have that you can set that ahead, I think it's a week in advance, maybe three days, um, to get you around town. The issue with that is if you don't know what your schedule is going to be or you have multiple, you know, you need to go to the doctor's office, you need to go to the pharmacy, you need to go to the grocery store, you're getting a haircut. You can't always get to all of those places. And so maybe you can get to one of those appointments and now you have to set another, you know, uh -huh. another round trip to get to the next appointment. It's affordable and they're looking with this new grant that will actually address some of these other concerns. We weren't actually having enough available buses hmm. to schedule everybody. So you might try to schedule a week out and there was nothing available. And so they recognize in our county that we have a growing senior population just like everybody and that we need more of these resources. So we're hoping that this will actually address some of that. Um, but there's still the people who can take an Uber who maybe don't need to schedule something seven days in advance, but it's it's expensive. Right. And so if they're on a limited budget, how is that really going to help them? It adds up very quickly. Well, and even our bus fare, we have the most expensive bus fare in the country. Our TD is $5 one way for Accessoride. So for them to get on an Accessoride, it's a $5 one way trip. That's expensive. And expensive and that also has to be a little bit pre-scheduled, right? Yes, that's another one that has to be pre-scheduled. What's the ease of scheduling though for these, like, these systems? Because I mean, that what worries me a little bit is the ease for someone that might have vision issues or dexterity issues mm -hmm. or not really wanting to talk to somebody on the phone. Is there any ease to it at all? Or I think once they're in the system, um, they know how to navigate okay. it. However, again, it is, you know, one of my neighbors, she's the one who I hear most from, she can get to Target okay. at a certain time, but she can't get back when she's done shopping. Interesting. So she really has to think about how much time do I need? I don't need five hours at Target. I only need an hour, but there isn't a ride back in an hour. Interesting. So it's very, and again, if you're having any kind of, um, if you need a walker or anything like that, there isn't a way to get around a Target or Walmart and all the other outlying areas easily because there's missing gaps in our trail system. So it's, it's not just about um, cars and mm -hmm. buses and trains. It's, all of those things, plus walking, riding a bike, trail systems in general. Do you think we overlook mobility and transportation? We take it for granted? I don't think we realize what all the options are. And, and you know, here we are at Margaret Carpenter Rec Center. We have a great trail system outside. We are just broke ground on our new active adult center that's going to be on this property. So we have a great resource right here for the seniors. Mm -hmm. There's one bus stop right now, and there's not a lot of uh, buses coming through. So it might be a 30-minute to 40-minute interval time. We need to address that. Again, we don't want our seniors sitting out of the elements, whether it's hot or cold. So while they might be able to walk around, are they going to be able to get back and forth from wherever they're coming from to huh. get to that senior center? Interesting. To get to these trails, if that's what they choose to do.
That's a good point. And one of the things I know my dad struggled with or I struggled with taking care of my dad is he can no longer drive. I could call him an Uber, but he then has to get himself to the Uber and in the Uber. Yeah. And then he has to be able to get out of the Uber with his walker or wheelchair right. and to the dentist office or wherever it is he's going. So what are some of the things you hear from Uber and Lyft and, and the ride sharing companies? So I know that we're actually putting together a new program with one of them and um, hopefully that'll address the people that don't have a walker or anything that really they need help getting in and out of a vehicle. And that's great. I don't know what the cost is going to be for that. Another thing that I see that's kind of a limiting factor for um, our aging population is yeah, they might have a cell phone and be okay using that with the apps, but they're not real comfortable putting their credit card number mm -hmm. into the phone. And that's another piece of the puzzle. So if they're not willing to put their credit card number in, that's kind of not going to allow them to use those rideshare services. And then also the GPS, they don't understand wherever you are when you call for that ride is where they're going to be looking for you. So you can't call from you know the pharmacy sitting in the chair if you're going to be somewhere else right. 15 minutes later. But it is just for a very limited group who don't have any needs getting in and out, unless we are going to have something from Uber or Lyft or the rideshare services where those cars are specific to, maybe it's a caravan, maybe it's some sort of uh, vehicle that allows a wheelchair to get in and out, and that person driving has different training. I don't know if that's something that's going to happen, hmm. but I don't see any other way that that population could access ride-share because it I imagine it adds liability for them as well yeah. for the ride-sharing company right and some people need that door-to-door -door service and so that is completely off the table for them and that's where you're seeing I think more home care companies are trying to work through that of mm -hmm. sending a caregiver really just to take that person to the doctor's appointment make some notes and then bring them back but home care is now 28, 29, 30, 35 an hour, right. which, and a lot of them have a three or four hour minimum. So that then all of a sudden is like $120 just to get the doctors. Yeah, which it's, is not It possible. adds up fast. It, it yeah. isn't going to help them. And if they're you know living off of a fixed income, Correct. if they're really struggling, then that's definitely not going to be an option. Right. That's, so yeah, that's the concern I have is are we pricing people out of? I think we're pricing most people out right now of transportation. Interesting. Um, you know, if you live in Denver and you take an Uber around Denver, that's pretty reasonable. Mm -hmm. They also have buses that come pretty frequently. Okay. So no matter what, it's pretty reasonable down there. Up here to take an Uber to any dis any distance, a lot of these seniors have special doctors that they're needing to see. Okay. And that may not be right here in the city of Thornton. So we need to be able to get them from Thornton maybe to Centennial. For an Uber ride, that's going to be pretty pricey. That's a good point. And the flex ride doesn't do that long of a trip. Um, the county does have a volunteer program for drivers, but you know there's never enough of them available. Um, and so it is a struggle of at what point do we just have to, you know, look at we got to bring doctors into our city that are available for all of that, so that we don't have to send our seniors down south. And I know that there's some senior resource groups that are doing those types of things, looking at. Can we have a central location where maybe that doctor travels? And I think that's a good idea because, of course, we, we want them to not have to drive on the road if they don't have to. We don't want to have to send them on three different buses or right. a train and two buses to get somewhere. It shouldn't take an hour and a half to get to the doctor's appointment. That's a 20-minute appointment and then another hour and a half back. 
Exactly. Yeah. What are some of the ideas that you have around solving the issue? So really it's, um, and I've met with our Thornton Active Adult Board just to kind of listen to what their thoughts were. And a lot of what comes out of it is it's not just a senior issue. It's anybody that has a special need. Sure. So I think making sure that we have our partnerships with all of those people, make sure everybody's at the table. Um, Dr. Cog actually is a, is a huge resource for us. The AAA group through Dr. Cog addresses all aging concerns. And so being connected to Dr. Cog with transportation, that's a great partnership because Jayla, who handles that, is aware of all things aging. And then Doug Rex on the transportation side they work together to see how we can address those issues. Is there funding? Is there grant money available? And so the county also being a part of that conversation, they're, you know, they're going to have more funding than we would be able to get in the city. So if we address it at the county level, that helps with maybe you need to go from Thornton to Westminster, or Thornton to whatever. If it's in the county, that's a bigger area that we're servicing. And so making sure we're partnering with our county, with our state, with our private partners with our nonprofit groups. It really needs to be an all hands on deck hmm. partnership to address as much as we can. Dr. Cog, when I first heard that, I thought it was a real doctor. <laughs> so can you describe what Dr. Cog is? And so Dr. Cog is the Denver Regional Council of Governments. And it is a group that really covers um, anyone in this metro region area that's under the Dr. Cog umbrella. They're members of that organization. So Thornton is a member, Northman is a member, Westminster is a member. So the cities pay into those to be members. The county is a part of it. And then they address um, transportation. They address aging. They, but we are representatives from each of those um, governing bodies. And we sit at the table. And then we are the board for that organization. So we are at the table saying, you know, this is an issue. Our, this is an issue. RTD is a part of that. CDOT is a part of that. So we have all the players at the table when it comes to transportation. On the aging side, um, they're involved in, you know, home care. They're involved in um, assisted living. Mm -hmm. They're involved in memory care. So they're kind of seeing all of it from the senior side, and then they can convey that to us in our board meetings, and then we can address that in all of our conversations. Did we, when we applied for grants, did we think about what, you know, the aging, what the aging group told us that they needed? Can we check that box and maybe apply for that grant? And so it is a really um, collaborative group that is really dependent on each other, I think, to cover all of our bases. I love the collaborative nature of that, just the idea of getting all the right players in the room, have the conversations. These are, there are issues that you brought up early on that we just don't think about. If we're not always thinking in the back of our mind, how is this going to impact our seniors? We're, we have to look at it through that lens, everything that we do. Hmm. Can our seniors access this? If we're asking for more technology, are the seniors going to use this? Do you think we're, are we actually tackling the problem of transportation or are we more kind of beautifying means of transportation? And what I mean by that is getting rid of the potholes in the road and re, you know, reconverting the bridges. And I mean, obviously that's necessary, but it seems like we haven't had a lot of ingenuity in moving people mm -hmm. at that last mile problem like Kathy brought up earlier. So it, it's interesting because you think, you know, potholes and the sidewalks, that's all city level stuff okay. that we have to address at our level. Okay. However, there are some of the main roads that are state level roads that they should normally be addressing, okay. but there's a limited amount of funding. And so again, the gas tax that we haven't looked at for so many decades, mm -hmm. 
more efficient gas cars, electric cars. There's less money coming in, okay. more people on the road, the roads are wearing down. So some of those state roads, cities are having to take care of. It's all hands on deck, <laughs> but in reality, moving people, there hasn't been a great change. This area up north, especially Adams County, is one of the largest growing counties in the country. Oh. So we know that there's people coming in. That data hasn't necessarily gone to the right people so that when we're doing 10-year planning, they may not have had that data when they were doing their planning. So they may not have been looking at that. Do you think government alone can solve the problem? No, absolutely not. So, we don't have enough money to do anything. So if you were talking right now to you know entrepreneurs or private events, what would you say things that they should begin to focus on? So if we don't have those public-private partners, we aren't going to be able to accomplish any of this. So when we talk about that, we really think of government, nonprofit, developers, okay. RTD, CDOT, anyone in between, and businesses. And we have a really great group up here that um, primary businesses mm -hmm. with those large workforce population coming to our transportation conversations, telling us what their needs are and what they're seeing and what they're hearing from their employees. That's a big group of people that are able to help us. So maybe they have some sort of funding that they can pitch in or okay. when they're developing uh, Amazon, giant parking lot, maybe that could be a place that a bus can stop for somebody. The outlet mall. When they say we need people to be able to get here, that helps us too because that's another voice for RTD. Mm -hmm. So now we actually have FlexRide going to the outlet mall where it wasn't going there oh, okay. when they first were built. Okay. And so that's been really helpful for our seniors because now they can get from wherever they are to the outlet mall and go shopping for a few hours. They know where that flex ride is going to pick them up. They know where it's going to drop them off and they can use that. Hmm. So we're seeing small changes, but it's, it's slow. And it's when we know that the senior population is going to basically be exploding, um, we're, we're definitely behind. Hmm. And the numbers that I've heard recently have to do not only with the, the big wave that is coming of, of people over the age of 65, but that that wave doesn't stop. So mm -hmm. what solutions we create today have to carry us forward for the next 60 years. Yes. So we really need to get real ingenuity in here and start thinking a little bit differently. When you and I first met, we talked about the city of Thornton being a kind of a model city for senior living. Can you say more about that? So we have um, we have really looked at that through the lens of what are seniors going to need. We have some great people on our staff. Lisa Rinaldi is in charge of the Active Adult Center, and she's been around a long time and really knows what our senior needs are. And so anytime I have a question, I can just go directly to her and she knows the answer. And if she doesn't know the answer, she knows exactly where I can get the answer. Um, we have a community service group now that really is working on just resources for people in the city. So we have somebody designated just to seniors in our city. Um, so that's been only around for just over a year now. And it's already, I mean, they've had to hire more people. They're super busy. They're finding that a lot of people really want to be a part of this. We have Senior Hub that's in our city. They're great for delivering meals. They help out with a lot of things. They're looking at how they can be a part of that conversation. We have a senior resource group that's looking at help maybe being a one-stop calling shop for any transportation need that our seniors have. Hmm. That would help tremendously so they don't have to call 10 different places right. for one ride. Um, we have a partnership with Unison Housing 
which is the former Adams County, uh, Adams County Housing Authority, now they're called Unison Housing. We just went in on them with them to build the senior affordable living apartment complex. So it's based on income. Mm-hmm. Um, we're opening that up just right at 104th in Colorado. Is that more assisted type living or assisted living? Or? No assisted living at all. It's okay. just an affordable apartment complex. Oh, great. Um, very modern. It looks like a nice apartment building down in Denver. That's Hardwood awesome. floors, beautiful views, patios, gardening outside. Oh, wow. But it is for um, low income. Okay. And so that was a really, really great partnership yeah. that we had. I think they're already full. And then uh, with the adult uh, active adult center going in up the street here, I think we really we understand that we have a huge huge need in our city, and that we have a lot of resources. Now we just need to make sure that we're working together. We we have a partnership with the hospital; they are addressing the same issue. We have a lot of those assisted living places coming to those conversations. How can we all work together? Maybe they need a ride from this side of town. Mm-hmm. to this side of town if we're already doing stuff can we be a part of that mm-hmm. so i think again the conversation has to be with everybody that's willing to mm-hmm. be at the table and then how can we work together to maximize funds to maximize just efficiency in general um, and so it's it's just a matter of getting out there and everybody being on the same page of we can work together to get this done and it'll be a lot easier and a lot less costly yes. for one of us if we all do it together. Yeah. And you're really looking for Thornton to be on the leading edge for this and really show the rest of the state and potentially the nation how it can be done. Yes, I think that we are, we're, we're going to be the fifth largest city. In this area up here, we're the largest city in the county. And so really, I think that we can take the lead on that. Our fire department is great about going out there and knowing what's available for seniors. Our active adult board is incredible. They come to the meetings, they share their information, they, they're not afraid to speak up. So I think we can definitely be a model for other cities and just, you know, here's what we saw, here's what we were able to do, here's what our seniors said they needed, and we addressed it. Hmm. I know this is coming out more and more, I think, dementia-friendly city. Have you guys explored any more into that? I know that's a big push nationally as well as globally, I believe. Have you looked at it that much at all? We haven't talked a lot about that, but I know that we have some things in place right now that are slowly starting to come around um, as far as just through our safety, like the code red that people can sign up for, and it's different um, alert systems that kind of go out for people to be aware. Next door is another app that a lot yep. of people are signed up on. Mm-hmm. We can push that information out so that anybody is aware. But as far as dementia friendly, I haven't had that conversation specifically yet. If you had to do one thing today, what would be your number one priority? So I think right now we're working pretty hard on the transportation. I would really like to see that one phone call place to be able to set up whatever trip they might need and make sure that they can get from point A to point B Back and to, back to point A basically in a relatively short amount of time okay. they shouldn't have to be sitting a whole day should not have to be spent for anybody uh, to get to a doctor's appointment or to get to the grocery store so I, I'd like to see you know the flex ride the accessoride the a lift and all those systems and whether it's uber or lyft or whoever be able to be called at one place and then the person or whoever's answering okay, this is going to be the best route for you. This is how much it's going to cost. 
you know, this is the person's name. When I call a plumber now, they tell you who's coming to your house. Right. If it's going to be an Uber, I think it would help those seniors. To see the picture you know. of the driver and they send in the a car. picture, mm -hmm. right? Which I actually I really like that for seniors yeah. because they so, don't know, and it is a little scary. It's a little scary. They're getting in a car with somebody. That, it's different than getting on a bus or a smaller vehicle with multiple people in the in the vehicle. But those one person. Mm -hmm. So I, I'd like to see that one shop that is the call-in center for all things transportation. And then that person kind of guides the senior yeah. to what they need to do. Maybe eventually you create a program that they get rideshare senior approved. Yeah. So certain rideshare yeah. drivers get the senior yeah. approved Which stamp, whatever that whatever that stamp is. Yeah. But that yeah. might because I would be concerned, like thinking of my grandmother. She, my mom used to take everywhere. She's ninety one. I could see her getting in the wrong car. Right. Like not intentionally thinking, oh, the ride's here and. Not knowing. Not knowing would freak me out that my 91-year-old grandma got in the wrong car. Wrong car. And you don't know what happened. Exactly. Or where they are. Where and they it are. would be great to see that kind of a ride share. I don't, yeah. It's, because it's a social aspect, too. Right. So mm -hmm. getting seniors to ride together in a ride exactly. share just builds relationships that maybe mm -hmm. they wouldn't have had an opportunity before. Hmm. Yeah. And then they maybe are going to the same place exactly. so they can plan things differently. Mm -hmm. Or just in socially engage them more because mm -hmm. a yeah. lot of people are living alone longer, yeah, right? And they're and, isolated and yes, and getting them out of the house in a way that they know that they can rely on yes. is helpful yeah. and it's affordable. Yes, so they have to be able to rely on it. it. Has to be affordable and it has to be timely enough that it doesn't take their whole day. Like a people mover is, yeah. is like a people mover almost too cost prohibitive. I think Has it, that been it would be possible. We've discussed it. You know, there's a lot of things that are. Um, you can't do because we have certain agreements with RTD already in place. Okay. So they have to be a part of all of those conversations gotcha. because of the way that the governmental agreements were set up. Of course. And that's fine, um, but it has been talked about. Hmm. And I think um, Centennial is actually doing something right now with their transit where they're going to have those. I believe it's already started. They have that inner city transit cool. shuttle that oh, cool. just stops automatically or during different times of the day. They were able to get their uh, employers to pitch in on oh. that. So they had some business participation. And I think you're seeing that in different places because we're all dealing with the same issue. It doesn't really matter which city you're in. Well, it makes sense. And we have big companies up here. The big employers are dealing not only with the transportation issue, but also as all employees up employers are across the United States, the ability to support their employees who are also caregivers. So they have some stake in all of this conversation mm -hmm. and they can, I think I would like to see them all step up to the table and just be part of the conversation because there's a lot of ingenuity that happens in these big companies as well. Right. Additionally, they have more funding than most cities, I would imagine. Yeah. That's a guess on my part, but I'm just saying. And something we haven't touched on is driverless cars. Oh, so yeah. self-driving cars are coming. <laughs> we don't know when. Um, have you talked about that in Thornton? Mm, we have, actually. Part of our yearly trips, we go to NLC, which is the National League of Cities. And they talk a lot about driverless cars at those. And it is very fascinating, uh, the fleet systems that they have available. And it's kind of scary, but also very exciting at the same time to think, hmm, I'm not going to have to drive. I can just hop on in. There's always going to be a car available. But there, I don't see that in the next five years happening. Maybe somebody knows something. I don't know. But, um, it's definitely 
you know, we have smart city technology that we have to have in place before a lot mm -hmm. of that's going to work. That's expensive, trying to get everybody over to a, a certain fiber system, the streetlights uh, being able to communicate with vehicles, vehicles being able to have that technology to communicate. So there are some of those car, cars already made with that type of technology, mm -hmm. um, but not every city has the other side of that to right. communicate with the vehicles. So there's still a lot of work to be done in that area, and it's a very expensive transition. But you know, there's funding available, um, and you just have to be smart about when you're doing any kind of development. If you're tearing up the road, is that the time that you can put in that fiber? Oh, is that point. the time you can do what you're doing? So Excel Energy has to be a part of that conversation because they own a lot of the streetlights. It's <laughs> true, yeah. So again, there's another partner that really has nothing to do with transportation, but if we're going to have this technology to talk with our streetlights, they have to be a part of that conversation. <clears throat> There's a lot of stakeholders mm -hmm. in this process. And do you think all the stakeholders understand the struggles of seniors? Do you think there needs to be more education out there? I think there can always be more education because, you know, even now after hearing as much as I hear, every meeting I go to, I'm like, oh, I hadn't even thought about that. So every meeting you hear a different perspective and you hear a different oh, well, that's different, we can try that and see, or no, this mm -hmm. doesn't work and here's why. Mm -hmm. But if you're not at the table, you're never gonna hear those things. We also go to Washington, D.C. every year and lobby to our federal level um, representatives about what we need in our city. And as a region, we have Adams County that goes to those trips. North Glen is there, Westminster is there. So we are all there mm -hmm. and they hear the same thing from us year after year. And so then they're able to lobby for us when they're, you know, talking to their colleagues. Well, in my state, we're, do we're doing this. We need this. Here's where we're at. So, again, it's not just local. It's all levels of government, all levels of partnerships that we need to work together. Otherwise, it, it doesn't matter which party you're with. It doesn't matter which side of the line you're on. Right. It's the same problem on both sides. And so working together is actually beneficial for all of us. Oh, yeah. I think it's evident from what you've been saying today is that we need to get more creative at looking at transportation and not just limit it to maybe cars and buses and start to really expand it from the sidewalks to the street, you know, to look at it more all inclusive. Yeah. Because I think, as you said, is that it's not just a senior problem. It's, it's an anybody problem. Mm -hmm. And I think you yeah, I think it's a fantastic point that you made is solving it for seniors is great, but it's going to have an impact on everybody. And I think when you address it that way, you can get more people on board. As you said, not just North Glen's having this problem. So I think this will resonate with cities across the country mm -hmm. that are struggling to adapt or change whatever you want to call it to how we move people from point A to point B. Well, we look forward to speaking with you again. And for our listeners out there, this is a great opportunity to come forward with your ideas. We know that you're innovative and, and have some ingenuity around this topic so please leave notes in the in the podcast notes section and tell us what you think thank you thank Jessica. you guys thank you so much thank you guys thanks for listening the mavericks want to hear from you visit us on facebook and instagram at mavericks of senior living or mavericks and leave us your comments questions and ideas for future podcasts